That was too fast. Three, two, one, roll a full. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we have the leading US pioneer in the field of neuroeconomics. He studies the neurochemical roots of human decision-making in the context of economic behavior. His current research has shown that the neurochemical oxytocin is responsible for virtuous behaviors working as the brain's moral molecule. And this knowledge is being used to better understand the basis for civilization and modern economies. He founded Immersion Neuroscience and he will explore with us today why effective stories motivate employees and build loyal customers, how being fully present improves teamwork, and why moderate stress is good for performance. Welcome everybody, Dr. Paul Zak. Everybody is excited to have you here. Paul, what are you currently creating? Thank you so much for having me on, Simon. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, I want to democratize neuroscience. So uh, about five years ago, I started immersion neuroscience so that you can get neuroscience out of the lab and anybody can measure what the brain loves in real time, any place people are doing interesting things. That sounds cool. And you have found out in your long, 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 long research and people can listen to your TED talk and uh, to, a to the, your whole body of work that there are some things that really need to be understood to understand behavior and decisions. Can you walk us a little bit through that? Right. So I'm a Martian. I don't really understand the humans, but I do like to observe and study them. And so we've had for 20 years in my lab have been measuring brain activity to try to predict uh, what people will do after they have an experience. Watch a movie, see an ad, uh, go shopping, um, all the kind of interesting things people do. And if you ask someone, why did you buy that item? Um, why did you see them? Oh, I like it. I mean, liking doesn't help me. So we identified signals in the brain that in combination um, identify the value that people get from social interactions. And that could be us right here interacting. It could be me watching a movie that's social, me watching an ad. Uh, and so by having identified this set of um, neural signals, it gives us great accuracy predicting what people will do before they do it. So why does this matter? I'm a really cheap guy, I gotta tell you, Simon. I hate to see wasted resources. So um, I'm currently in Denmark, but I normally live outside Los Angeles. For the past 30 years, 80% of Hollywood movies have lost money. 80%. How is it possible that in this stage of life, we don't know a bad movie from a crappy movie? And I think it's because we're depending on intuition, artists, directors who somehow have, uh, I don't know, God give what's great. Well, apparently they don't, right? So rather than waste resources, I'd rather develop tools that allow people to create extraordinary experiences for consumers, for their loved ones, uh, for patients in hospitals, right? All this stuff requires that we really understand what people's brains value and then give that to them. And by the way, if you give them what they love, they'll be loyal, they'll spend money, and they'll have an amazing experience. So some producers, they come with the movie to you and say, help me find out if this movie works. 
and and you have your scientists and they they find it out is it before they do the movie like just the trailer or is the full movie done and then they come to you how does it work first great question and first of all they don't come to me the beauty is that we created a platform that gives you on your desktop the ability to measure people's brain responses to any kind of content before you release it so it's just part of workflow It's like having Microsoft Word on your desktop. So you have Microsoft Word. So you're, uh, you have immersion neuroscience. You say, look, I got a rough cut of uh, today's movie or the, let's say trailer, movie trailer. So I'm going to see if this is good or not. So they'll take four, five, seven, eight versions, ship it in their mailing list and have people watch it. We pull data from people's smart watches that they already own. Let's just infer what their brain's doing. And then in real time, that movie producer that uh, director of a video, that brand manager, we have a lot of clients who are in the brand management uh, business who have to actually create content and it's got to hit, right? Their bonuses, their promotions depend on driving up sales by effective messaging. So how do I know? Now it's like my agency sent me stuff, I'm like, oh, I like number three. I think, so here, here's my takeaway, having done this for a long time. I think liking is a bad question. I don't care if you like my movie, my ad, my trailer, my customer experience. It's nice if you do. What I really want to know is if I message you, has that shaken up your brain so much that it sticks in there and uh, immerses like tension and motivates you to do something? Share in social media, buy a movie ticket, um, talk about this ad that you've seen in social media, whatever that is. Um, and so that's what we find a high correlation between this neurologic measure immersion and what people do after an experience. And that to me is like a superpower that allows people not to waste resources and to give consumers what they really want, which is a great experience. You say immersion, you don't say arousal or, or bliss or flow. So uh, tell us, what is immersion? Great question. So uh, immersion is a neurologic state that our research in my academic lab discovered in which you're attentive to the experience you're having That's the first part. If I'm looking somewhere else, I'm, I'm not attending to you. So you've got to pay attention. But importantly, you're also emotionally resonant with it. You really emotionally are connected to that experience. And it turns out it's that emotional component driven by the brain's release of oxytocin that drives us to remember that experience, to enjoy that experience, and to take an action after it. So uh, immersion is uh, a word I coined to denote this neurologic state. Now it's similar to flow, which is a psychological self-reported state, except flow, you have to be doing something directed. You can be immersed in a movie and be absolutely passive. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, we have to use a word, but these are, I'm a super nerd, you know that, Simon. So this, yeah. this is a neurologic data stream, right? So I'm, I'm using words to try to describe it, but you know, think of a movie where, I've, not you and me, because we're too macho, but we've heard that people occasionally cry at the end of movies. Like, what is that about, right? So you're sitting there, you're cognitively intact, You know where you are, you know it's a theater, you know it's a fictional story, you know these are paid actors, and still, when the boy gets a girl at the end, people cry. That's amazing, neurologically. So that's immersion. You've been sucked into this experience. It's as if you were having the experience. And so what we see is great ads, great movies, uh, great experience, live experiences, like going to amusement park, Disneyland. Those are so immersive that you actually have that emotional resonance. It's just powerful. Also, it generates great memories, and I think that's part of this, is not that only that experience is acutely valuable to my brain, but highly emotional experiences are saved in the brain in a very particular way, right? We get to relive that trip to Disneyland. 
So if you think of, um, do you have kids, Simon? Yes. Season. Yeah. So perfect. But bless you. And uh, so think of the birth of your children, right? You you remember that distinctly. So emotional. So powerful. You can't forget it. And so that's what great customer service experiences do when they're immersive. We remember them, right? That time. So I'll give you a quick example. Many, many, many years ago, 15 years ago, I was uh, staying at the Four Seasons in Sydney, Australia. Stayed there for a couple of days, went to a conference in Canberra, came back. I drive up in a taxi with my luggage. The doorman says, welcome back, Dr. Zach. Well, first of all, that's interesting. He knew my name. He knew that I had been there a couple of days before. Wow, that's amazing service, right? Now, I remember that 15 years down the road because it just blew my mind that that's how organized they are. They know who's coming back. They're looking for me. You probably saw my name on my luggage, but still, your room's ready. The desk will give you your key. Wow, amazing experience. So that's that four-season experience that we like to have, honestly, everywhere we go. I like to have that at Walmart. Yeah. And so people can really use your software wherever they are. It's like a Grammarly, but for immersion, for will this will this resonate, right? Exactly right. And so who can use this? Like if I'm a musician, I can compose something and, and check it directly. If, if I write an email, can I check the email if it will land before I send it? Uh, we get better bandwidth if it's audio or video. So text, because people read at different rates, it's hard to get enough. It uh, doesn't hit the brain quite as nice, enough. But if you read out that text, yeah, it certainly can test it. And you share it with your friends. You just send this out in an email and say, hey, you don't have to tell me if it's good. Your brain will tell me, which is super cool. So, yeah, it's mostly in entertainment, uh, in uh, brand managers for sure, ad agencies. Interestingly, we have a bunch of clients in the training and education spaces, right? And you've been, Simon, to these meetings like I have where, oh, my gosh, the keynote speaker is just droning on and on. Like, like if your company is paying you to go to get training, why not make that training optimized for you as a group and you as an individual? So one of our longest term clients, and they've been very public about this, is Accenture. Accenture spends $1 billion training their employees every year, $1 billion. And prior to using immersion, they had no effective way other than that post-event survey that we all have to do. Did you like the keynote? How was the lunch? I don't care. Again, liking. I don't care about that. I care about was that information presented so clearly, so powerfully that it's stuck in your brain so that you can create value for the organization. And that's what they've done. They've actually used immersion to show that over time they're creating better content that sticks better in the brain, producing an ROI for Accenture. I have been in so many boring meetings and uh, sometimes I am, I am the one who, who, who has, who is the host of boring meetings. What can we improve? What, what, what not to do, what to, what to do? Well, what Accenture has found is what I call the 20-20-20 rule. They found that no matter how exciting you are, even you, Simon, one of the most exciting people on the planet, cannot keep people immersed for more than 20 minutes. So they have limited speakers to 20 minutes maximum, and then they do 20 minutes of participatory uh, action, so table work, so you learn something, now practice it, and then they spend 20 minutes on debrief. So it's really learn something, do something, talk about something, and they found from their data or using immersion data that the breaks are really necessary. So just like when you work out, Right, you work out and you need recovery time. So your brain is the same way. If you're gonna 
ask your brain to be immersed. It's metabolically costly and you need some recovery time. So they're putting in longer breaks now. So they're breaking up training instead of an eight hour day, more like two hours with a nice long break in the middle, that's 20 minute segments. And then let's do it again, come back for two hours the next day. Particularly as we move to online asynchronous training as opposed to all in the same room together. I think that breaking up in smaller portions is really important. And we do find, by the way, that that this 2D world that you and I are in. The square. In person is still important. I love it. Because we just changed the flow of our mastermind. It's every two weeks, one hour. And I had great people talking there for one hour and I felt like, mm, this is not working. This is, why is it not working? They're amazing. Why isn't, why isn't this working? And then, and now we have literally 20, 20, 20. So they do a 20 input and then hot seat, 20 minutes, hot seat, 20 minutes. And now it's perfect. 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 So the brain really kicks in when there's a change in system. So if you want to go uh, use some neuroscience here, um, advantage, instead of doing exactly 20, 20, 20, do 18, do 21, mix it up so people don't really know what they're getting. And then the brain's going, oh, we're doing a change now, right? If I, if I know it's a 20 minute clock, you may tell the speaker that, but um, anyway. And also think how smart the TED Talk guys were years ago, 18 minute maximum talk, right? There you go, it's under 20. What inspires you? What, where do you take your inspiration from? You know, I, I really love people. Uh, I don't think I'm a people person, uh, but I find humans fascinating. So I'm spending this month in, uh, in Denmark doing research and meeting with immersion clients in Europe. And, you know, everybody you meet has an amazing story. Uh, I've almost never met boring people. Um, so I'm really fascinated by that. As I said, I hate to see wasted resources. So I just want to help make the world a little happier place, a little more productive place and uh, create better experiences. Beautiful. And you have started your new company. Tell us a little bit about your company. When did you start? Yes, five years old. Uh, we uh, closed our first uh, seed round of VC funding about a year ago and have 16 people now. So uh, it's a going concern and um, uh, really amazing uh, group of individuals, uh, technologists, uh, marketing folks, uh, a wonderful CEO who knows how to scale companies. And I can sit back and, and you know, uh, talk about the company and do the research that I love. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been, been great. It's been a great learning experience. Um, you know, we're, we're still not as profitable as we'd like to be, to be honest, but uh, we are really focused on creating the best product we can for those who need us. And I think if we keep our eye on that, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be successful. And uh, so I guess their meeting, are you part of their meetings and are they shaped in an immersive way? Oh, our meetings at Immersion Neuroscience? Yeah. Yeah, we're big believers in, in eating our own dog food. So we actually measure our own meetings. Uh, we actually will share that with clients. So we did a leadership training a couple of weeks ago and we had, you know, 20 plus people because we have some interns and other folks. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll show that to you. And in fact, there was a big difference between the in-person and the remote folks. So it just wasn't quite as good remote. Um, so there's some real learning there. So I think as we come out of the pandemic lockdown, travel's back, uh, meetings are back. I think, you know, there is a reason, not maybe every day to be in the office, but seeing humans is still pretty valuable. I was thinking recently, what if I start my meetings with more music, with poetry, with videos? You know, something that opens up 
at the beginning and also is surprising. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. I've been doing that as I've, I've been teaching uh, remotely and I've been opening with videos. I've seen people use music uh, effectively as well, kind of ease you into this meeting. Um, so for me as a scientist, it's all testable, right? I would say, and you can get that feedback by looking at people. You don't have to use our software necessarily, but you know, see if people are, are plugging in, see if they're, they're you know, making eye contact with the screen. Uh, but also you're a very engaging guy. So um, I don't think we want to take away time from you either. Books that touched you. Yeah, um, I think three. First of all, my favorite business book ever is The Experience Economy uh, by uh, Joe Pine and, and James Gilmore. If people have not read The Experience Economy, uh, it is the, the, the future. It's the present and the future uh, of commerce. Um, I love The Rational Optimist by Matt Ridley, a wonderful British writer uh, about, again, what the future holds, why the, why the present and future are actually getting better and better, even though the news tells us it's getting worse and worse. And I recently read um, Blueprint, How DNA Makes Us Who We Are by the wonderful British uh, behavioral geneticist, Robert Plowman, a fascinating study, uh, set of studies that he's done on um, how so many things affect who we are. And again, I, I'm obsessed with humans. I'm trying to still figure them out. At 59 years old, I still haven't figured them out. So uh, I have some work to do. I love it. And I recently did a DNA test, the first in my life. I was always like, why, why, why? What does it change? What does it matter? I don't care. It is really good. And so if people are interested, I will tell you uh, who, who, the, who the company was later on. But uh, it was really good because it was on, on many levels, on mood, behavior, personality, immune, sleep, uh, eat, etc. So it, it, yes, it was really, really interesting and actionable. And also, I think, uh, Simon, you know, for uh, your father, what your kids are going to be is almost what they are now. So it, it takes the pressure off parents. Um, as an adult, perhaps two thirds of your IQ is genetic. It doesn't matter if you get violin lessons or swimming lessons. You are going to be what you're going to be. So parents have a little, you know, a little influence, but not a lot. So, yeah, it takes the pressure off. Yeah. Oh, then we can go swimming and play tennis. <laughs> <laughs> What are you excited about looking forward? Uh, you know, I, I'm really excited about creating technology that everybody can use. So I spent so many years in the lab. I've done about 10,000 blood draws in the last 20 years. I've really tortured a lot of humans in order to get knowledge about how we build a platform so that we create great experiences. So uh, it's just a wonderful journey. I, I've been very privileged. I should mention uh, I teach at Claremont Graduate University. They've given me so much freedom to really explore the kind of research and applications I've been interested in, uh, and they've, they've been very good to me. And you're such an immersive guy. How do you survive being around boring academics? Uh, you know, I skip a lot of meetings. Um, yeah, I, I don't have patience for people who are just not getting the work done, right? So I think in my uh, in my software life, you know, we work. So academic research is slow and it should be slow. You should do it right. It's got to be done carefully where, you know, we think in software, you know, we got to get that beta version out. It's not going to be perfect. We'll just keep iterating and make it better. So, you know, they're different worlds. So kind of different parts of your brain. Who should be my next guest? You know, uh, there's a guy in uh, Amsterdam named Khan Dobby 
who uh, wrote a book called The Remarkable Effect, which is wonderful. And he works with uh, founders. Uh, he is just a wonderful tribe of individuals who support each other and um, uh, particularly in technology, but not exclusively. So Tom Dobby is a wonderful guy and so smart and articulate and well-trained. And uh, is there anything that I forgot to ask you? Uh, you know, I was going to tell you my, my new mantra, which is um, that brains are very lazy. Um, so if we think about we as service providers, podcasting, teaching, uh, working, um, it, it's asking a lot of people's brains to really fully engage in what they're doing. So if we think about individuals not as Simon doesn't like me or he thinks I'm dull, as you got 4,000 things just keeping you alive going on in your brain right now. And I've really got to create a great experience to get that lazy brain to really engage. It doesn't happen automatically. So um, I think, uh, again, for service providers, it's the, the, the weight is on us to create great experience. So just expect people, because you showed up, they're going to be super excited, right? So think of more about performance. And this is what the experience economy talks about, really rehearsing, creating a performance, whether you're a customer service agent or a, a movie producer or a brand manager, you are creating a performance. So make that performance great. Let's go a bit deeper here because I have you on. Now, this is my chance. What is the nature of the brain and what is the brain primarily for? Because we had some guests like David Allen where we discussed what the brain is not for. It's not for having lists or or remembering stuff. Get it out of there. So, but but with you, I can go deeper. What is the brain naturally supposed to do? What is the main function of the brain in its natural state? Uh, I mean, ultimately, the brain is to help you stay alive and reproduce. But it does that by building predictive models of the world. Uh, and those models are... Um, uh, they activate in a way that generates habits. So habits are very effective way to save energy because again, your brain's lazy, doesn't want to build energy. And that's why some of the habits we have sometimes become maladaptive. They used to be okay and then they're not. So again, if we're asking ourselves or others to change habits, it takes at least 90 days with feedback to essentially rewire the brain to change those habits. So the brain is a, is a prediction machine and that prediction does not have to be accurate. It just has to help you survive and reproduce. And that's why we have all these optical illusions, why we make mistakes. Even if you turn your head, your, your eyes don't turn smoothly. They turn in notches, but your brain smooths everything out. Those notches are called saccades. Your brain smooths it out because it wants to make a nice pattern for you. If your brain moves in notches or your vision moves in notches, it'll be confusing. So most of what our brain gives us is false, but it's um, adaptively false. Does that make sense? It's adaptive in terms of helping us survive and reproduce. Yes. So the main function, survive and reproduce, and it has to create models forward, scenarios like this could happen, this could happen, prepare for that, be ready for that. Right. That's why we, we, we overthink and we, we jump forward. Yeah. So I think once those patterns are established and they're adaptive, we don't have to think about them. They're really efficient. Think about, you know, catching a ball, someone throws it to you. It's an amazing uh, feat of, of neural engineering to get your hand up a moving ball and get it in your hand. It's amazing. You know, playing soccer, uh, you know, any of those things are just amazing. So your, your brain is building models from experience on the size of the ball, 
the speed in which it left the thrower's hand and all that so you can be in the right spot to catch it. So walking, going upstairs, this is an amazing thing. So now if we think about something more complicated, cost accounting or calculus or poetry, right? That's an amazing feat from your brain, but it uses patterns and then it basically uh, creates variations on those patterns for the current situation you're in. What a good question, Simon, that was so deep. Last question. Uh, one example of a small company that using your software has improved their, their, their business, their, their customer acquisition? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I'm NDA'd for most of those, but um, I think the, um, uh, I mentioned Accenture because they've been public. Let me see if I've got one on top of my head. A small company. Uh, there is a wonderful company, I have to mask it a little bit, that uh, creates VR experiences, VR personal experiences using a brand new technology in which you can touch people through VR or you feel like you're touching somebody. And they have not only tuned their, their technology to do this, they're constantly updating their technology company so that for you, if I'm reaching through the screen in my VR with you in VR, I really feel like I'm touching your hand or touching your face. It's an amazing experience. Little uh, startup company in California. Um, they are killing it. I, I don't want to mention their name because I want to make sure that I'm not giving away their technology, but it's going to change the whole world. No gloves. It's, it's all done using a very cool technology. Uh, super smart people, young, energetic, well-trained. And, and how do they use the, the software, your, your software? Yeah, I think three ways. One is they're, they're tuning their system. So as they create this code so that you are convinced you can physically feel that person through VR, they're using our technology to assess whether that emotional connection is being felt in the brain, number one. Number two, for marketing. So creating marketing materials to, quote, prove using our technology, or using science that um, even though you're far from grandma because she lives in a different state, she will, her brain will think that you are actually holding her hand uh, from far away. And then third is in real time using our technology so that the experience that Simon has is the same as the experience I have, right? So there's a real time feedback loop. So um, this is kind of deep technology, but um, I think, you know, a lot of companies, uh, brand managers are, are our core users. So brand managers we have to decide on content, release content, make sure that hits and I get a sales bump. Um, those are our core users. I, I don't want to mention the companies because I'm uh, probably NDA from them, but um, if you're a brand manager, uh, we're the people who can help you. Super cool. Dr. Paul Zek, everybody. Yeah. And, uh, where, where do you hang out? Where can people find more of you? You can find me online at getimmersion.com. Uh, more about me personally at pauljzack.com. Drop me a line if you've got questions. Happy to engage, uh, engage with people. Thank you, Paul, for sharing your journey, your wisdom, your science, and your insights with us. Please stay safe, come back home, and uh, please uh, revisit us soon. Thank you. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.